Good morning, everyone. Thanks for your company. Yes, this is Motormania. Yes, we were born to be wild. And this show is for anyone who's ever owned, ridden in, or even just looked at a car and felt that stirring in their chest. Coming up now, between now and midday, I find out how a blooming good buffing could help the resale value of your car. And listener James Thomas reviews the Toyota Supra. And in just over 10 minutes' time as well, motoring expert Matthew Davidson will give you some advice on whether you should fix or flip your car. Now, this always, always gets very busy. So, if, like me, you love a bit of free advice, including an estimate of how much you could get if you sold your car today, get in touch with the make, the model, the mileage and the condition of your motor. What else are we up to today? Well, on Instagram and Twitter at DubaiEye1038FM, we're asking, what was the first car that you drove in the UAE? And we have had a lot of replies. The first car I ever owned in Dubai was a Mini Cooper S that I bought off a friend, and it was amazing to drive. It's the most fun car I've ever, ever owned by far. Now I drive a Mummobile, a Volvo XC60, which... I love as well, for different reasons. First car I owned here was an Audi RS4, and I'm now driving a VW Touareg because it's good for driving around building sites. First car I owned in Dubai was a 2010 Ford Mustang. I now drive a 2017 Mustang. A Jaguar. And then we had a family, and now I drive a Land Rover Discovery. Yeah, we'd love to hear your car story. What was the first car that you drove here in the UAE? Shazarinsky messaged us on Instagram, and the first car she ever drove was Horace the Honda, a CRX bought in 1994 for a whopping 7,500 dirhams. It was second-hand. It was already seven years old, uh, and it was her first two-door car ever, and a true motor crush. That's the kind of thing that we're after. So get in touch on Instagram. Instagram on our social media or you can give us a call as well 04871 or text 4001. Let's find out if there's some kind of trend. You can tell us what you've upgraded to as well. If you have upgraded, that's the usual Dubai story. Uh, but time now to check in with our motoring journalist, friend of the show, Damien Reed. He's been driving around in luxury cars worth over 4 million dirhams uh, over the last couple of weeks. Damien, good morning. Good morning, Ray. You make it sound so grandiose. Well, it is. No, it is. You're living the dream. You are living the dream. Uh, so what have you been up to then, Damien? Now, to be fair, it has been an, uh, an unusual um, time since since we last spoke because there's been a flood of luxury cars that, have, that I've managed to get my hands on. Yeah. And uh, uh, two Ferraris, the mm-hmm. F8 Spider and the Roma, mm-hmm. uh, the new Cadillac Escalade, which is massive, and the Rolls-Royce Ghost, which is a complete complete rejig of, of the of the uh the beautiful ghost so okay. uh pick one yeah, that, what's, uh, what was your favorite running so far? around yeah i bet it has but uh, what, what was your favorite you know i i was absolutely gobsmacked by how gorgeous the ferrari aroma is mm. it, this the, the the lines are absolutely stunning it's a breakaway from conventional ferrari's design and it's more of a gt style it goes back to their sort of 1960s roots it's a um it's, it's got small back seats in it and it's just absolutely stunning Dunning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you think that that's a, is that like a purposeful thing? Are they kind of uh, trading in on that nostalgia a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's a growing market now that, you know, Mercedes, AMG are in there with, with, the, with their GT car, uh, mm. Aston Martin with the, with the, van, the, the Vantage. Um, so that's the kind of market they're going into and that's, that's a growing market. So they've certainly got the, 
you know, the, the low-slung two-door mid-engine market completely sewn up. That, yeah. That's fine. So this is a sort of going into that that more sort of cosy, <laughs> cosy, um, <laughs> you know, less hardcore sports car, shall I yeah. say, and, uh, and and finding new buyers, new owners. Well, let's let's. I, I want to ask you about the other cars in a moment. But how, how do you? What do you do when you're road testing? How long do you get them for? And and, and what sort of? Um, how do you put them through their paces? Do you have like a set sort of routine you go through? Yeah, it, it varies from from manufacturer to manufacturer because uh, you know, uh, unlike other markets, we're still a growing market here, and 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 other markets have you know complete dedicated press fleets where the car is just for media use and then it's mm. on sold. Now, some of the the big manufacturers do that um, as well, so you get to keep them for you know for about a week or so. Mm. With the with some of these more exclusive vehicles. The cars almost have a have a name against them in terms of a buyer, so you've got to be very very careful. You know, yeah. they're, when there's such limited numbers, someone says, "I want to buy that car," and they go, "Oh, we've got to give it to a journalist first. So massive responsibility to hand it back yeah. with no stone chips. So as a result, I try to tend to keep the kilometres down a little bit on on these more exclusive ones, um, but you still get them for a number of days. So the, the Roma was was and, and the F8 Spider were, were both about four or five days each. The Rolls Royce Ghost was a very, very quick little run. It was, uh, it was ha- half a day. We were finished by lunchtime, and it was just a really teaser, just to meet, you know, meet the guys and, yeah. and have a bit of a chat and take it for a, for a very quick run. So it does vary depending on on the exclusivity and, and the demand on the car. Because I would assume, you know, if, if somebody's got their name on, you know, waiting for the car to be delivered, they don't want too many miles on the clock. Yeah, well then, then it becomes a bit of a negotiating tool um, mm-hmm. for 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 the for the canny buyer. They might go, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll let I'll let you let, lend it out for a bit of media coverage. Yes, but can we can we knock a zero off that price? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we go from there. Well, there's few, there's yeah, plenty of zeros to knock off. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just looking at the Ferrari Roma, I mean, that the top speed is is 320 kilometers per hour. I mean, do, do you do you get in any sort of position where you can test that out? Uh, I mean, obviously I mean, not, not, not on the around, normal roads. Yeah, but. not on the roads, but but there there are instances when when we do the launch at the factory. You know, in the pre-COVID days, we could mm. we could obviously go to the factory and we spend time at the track, or they have arrangements with the police and they close off you know uh, uh, public roads around the area, and you can you know you can explore the limits there. But for instance, here we I had the the Porsche uh, Panamera. Uh, the new V8 a few weeks ago, and we took it to the to the Dubai Autodrome, and we we booked it. We booked the track out for uh, a couple of hours in the afternoon, and that gave you a chance to really explore it. But yeah, of course, you know you have to obey the laws and everything else. Yeah. But on top of that, there's also the natural uh, things that keep your speed down around here, like speed humps yeah. and uh, and gravelly shoulders and all that sort of thing. You don't want to give the car back, as I said, with stone chips and marks on it. So. It's also in your conscience to do the right thing to to a large extent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, you drive it the way the owner would drive it. That that's always in the back of my mind. You you know, just because it does three twenty, people don't buy these sorts of cars so they can go and hit that speed because it's illegal. They want to in, enjoy the the whole, you know, uh, the whole ownership experience yes. of of just cruising around and 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 having a nice, well built quality car. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drive it the way an owner would, effectively. We're talking of cruising. You're in the uh, Cadillac Escalade. It's 5.4 metres long. That is a big old vehicle. It is absolutely massive. <laughs> we, we took it for a run through, from Emirates Hills and then around Dubai as a, as, as a group of people in, in, yeah. in, a, in a convoy of them. And honestly, we look like the we look like the presidential escort team if they were all black with, with yeah. blue and red lights on. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, but yeah, 5.4 metres long. But then there's, if you want, there's the extended wheelbase version that's 
nearly six metres long. And mm. when we when we looked at it, on the three rows of seats, so easily seven seats, seven seat are very comfortable. Like the, the third row is as big as the middle row in terms of, of leg room and headroom. But then behind that, you have this a full-size you know, uh, wagon area. So when you fold that middle row of seats, uh, that third row of seats down, you've got almost the same payload as, say, an F-150 Ford pickup truck wow. in the back. But you've still got the seats for the five with that seat folded down. So yeah. that's a massive car. I can yeah. see Hotel Valets doing enormous business with that car. Yeah, and, and it's one of the last petrol caddies before they go all electric as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean a big push, you know, with with Cadillac as we we discussed on the on the show a few weeks ago that Cadillac is going all electric, all EV, mm. and uh, and and that because it's you know it's GM's luxury brand and it's their technology driver for the future. So uh, this is kind of the end of the road for the the big six point two liter V eight that we've become so familiar with in GM products in Cadillacs anyway. Um, so it's just a matter of yeah, getting out and enjoying. But the thing is, you know, Ray, with with these cars is that is that they're so smooth and quiet anyway. Mm. Um, there isn't really much of a difference between if that was EV or, or a big V8, to be honest with you. Yeah. If it was a lumpy sports car, yeah, but for these things, these big luxury cars, they're almost as silent and as smooth as, a, as an electric vehicle anyway. So um, I'm excited to see where Cadillac goes with this in the future. Fantastic. Let's get into some of these uh, news stories. I know you've been uh, keeping your eye out for the biggest stories. Uh, VW's phasing out saloons, and it's going to focus on SUVs in this region. Yeah, that was an interesting one. I had uh, managed to catch up and have a lunch with the, with the managing director of Volkswagen Middle East, mm-hmm. uh, Victor Dalmau, um, earlier this week, just just to catch up, you know, to see see how the the market is and what's going on. And interesting that what came out of that is that uh, is that they're they're going full SUV. Um, now, for those of you who love the Gol- the little Golf GDI, and I know it's a huge following for that around here. Yep. Don't panic. The Golf GDI is remaining. Uh, in fact, there's a new one coming out early next year. The, the, I think it's the seventh generation. Uh, mm-hmm. will be around about March or April thereabouts. Um, so that's on the way. But the other Golf models underneath it, there was the, the standard ones, the, the, the one-litre versions. They didn't have a huge um, popularity here, so they've yeah. phased those out. The Passat also is being phased out. And uh, and in their place, yeah, we've got the Twirag, um, then we've got the, which is the the luxury version now, we've got the Terramont, which is, uh, actually, which is the seven-seater one, um, but it's actually blower in price point. And then they're bringing out a new one called the T-Rock, which is kind of like a, a little funky version, almost like a an SUV Golf GDI, if you want. Yeah, so that that'll be coming next year. So, what's the what? What would you say is the ratio of of saloons to SUVs here? I mean, obviously, you're saying saloons are sort of just not proving popular enough. Yeah, I mean, I would say it'd be probably around the 70% mark, you know, to be, to, to be honest. If you take the entire, or maybe it's maybe 65%, if you take the entire in, uh, market, and that's including, you know, the, the luxury saloon market, mm. but when you're going down the family path um, to, to, to the, you know, to the, uh, the budget conscious end of the market, you're probably looking 85%, even perhaps 90% SUVs wow. because they offer so much value and everyone's looking for as much space as they can in a vehicle now. So seven-seaters are becoming popular and, uh, and it's yeah, it's, you know the yeah. proof is in the pudding with a, with a company the size of Volkswagen deciding to take this, and it's very specific to this region. Yeah, you know, in Europe the saloons are still popular, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. but but in, but here because you know we like to head down to the beach on the weekend or or maybe do a bit of camping. Mm. Uh, SUVs are the, are the way to go. Just quickly, Damien, because we're running out of time. Um, you, the automotive market is actually climbing back. Yes, you've reported on. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's uh, all things relative, but at, but at the start of the year, the forecast before COVID, uh, the forecast at the start of the year was um, 
was a, a slight dip after last year because last year was was uh, well probably equilibrium to, to last year. And last year wasn't wasn't the best, so they were kind of preparing for it. Then when COVID came in. Obviously, all the dealerships had to close by law, but also the factories had to close around the world. You know, yeah. no, there was literally no cars being produced in, in, in uh, I think it was May, like zero. So, you know, they were pre- preparing for the absolute worst. But there's been a strong rebound. People have kept cash in their pockets because we've been locked up in houses. We can't spend, we, we can't do anything. And, <laughs> you know, and now the situation is like, wow, I, I want to get out and do stuff. I want to explore things. I wanna, and I can't travel. I've yeah. got the money. I was going to go overseas. I might buy a car. And so it's bounced back and it Fantastic. surprised everyone. Fantastic. Mm. Damien, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and we look forward to chatting to you next time. Fix it or flip it. Well, very much beloved and a regular part of this program. Matthew Davidson uh, is the head of motoring at Dubizzle Pro. He's going to be joining us. And I do believe Matthew joins us right now. Matthew, good morning. Hey, good morning, Ray. How are you? Yeah, great to have you uh, on the program. Um, what sort of response have you been getting to this uh, segment? Because it just we, we just keep making it bigger because it just keeps uh, <laughs> sort of expanding, expanding in terms of popularity here on the show. Well, you know when a show is big, when everybody talks about it, and the amount of people that have been saying to me, I heard you on, on Saturday. Yeah. This is a fantastic show. It's It's what we need. So... Yeah, congratulations again. It it really is getting traction, this show. Well, we couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much, Matthew. Uh, Lots of questions already coming in. First question is from uh, Talal. Let's hear what he had to say. I have a Nissan uh, Patrol uh, 2016 uh, Platinum City. It has around uh, 80,000 kilometres on it. It's under warranty until uh, March uh, next year, 2021. Should I uh, sell it or keep it? And what would be the price if I wanted to sell it? Okay, Nissan Patrol 2016, Platinum City, 80,000 kilometers, warranty until March of next year. Fix or flip? That is a lovely, lovely car. Um, the Platinum, that will be the LE most likely. That's, that's a really beautiful car. Mm-hmm. It's at that age, though, where it's four years old with a year's warranty left. So it's very attractive to sell it right now. And, and I'm sure... Talal knows that the new model is now out, so I would say sell right now. It's a great time to sell it while there's uh, enough people chasing that car. And I would say price-wise, probably around the 160s, 165s. Okay, so that's, is that pretty good? Is that retaining its value to a good extent? Yeah, it is. And I, and I think the stars are aligning here a little bit because, mm. as I said, it's it's still got a year's warranty, which is going to be super attractive for anybody looking to buy it. But I think by this time next year, that will have depreciated quite a lot, as, mm-hmm. as you'll see a lot more of the newer models on the road. So this is the time to do it. OK, well, joining us on the line, we yeah. have uh, Hanan. And uh, Hanan, you've got two cars that you'd like to ask Matthew about. Um, should we start with the Audi? Yes. Hi, Ray. Hi, Hi. Matthew. Um, I really look forward to this show, and I finally got my act together to get the information Yay. in time. <laughs> so, okay. I've got an Audi A4, a 2016 uh, metallic blue. It has 55,860 kilometers. It's agency maintained, and the warranty is done. It was a three-year warranty. Mm-hmm. And what sort of so accident history time. has it got then, uh, Hanan? Uh, alhamdulillah, nothing. Excellent. It's, uh, it's good. Okay, Matthew, fix or flip? Um, 
it again it's at that sensitive sort of age four years old which is still relatively new for for somebody looking to buy a pre-owned car but uh it's it's time maybe to move it. Um, Hanan, is it the, do you know if it's the 35 or the 45? You have two trims there, like a 35 TFSI, or is it the 45? Because there is a difference in price between the two. Ooh, I wouldn't know anything about that or where to find it. So let's, let's presume it's a more popular 35. And I would say with those kilometers, it's around 60,000, 60,000 dirhams. How do you feel about oh. that? 60,000 dirhams Matthew thinks you could get. Would that be would that be good or or would that disappoint you? That's like very disappointing. Oh. I mean it's good it's good to know. What about the other A4 in case it is the other one? If it's the 45 then you're probably easily looking at 10 to 12,000 more. Um if it was uh, an S line um that would also add a little bit more value but if if it's a higher spec one you're looking at least 10 to 12,000 more. Okay. And you've got a a BMW as well, Hanan. Yes, I've got a BMW X5 2015, 125,000 kilometers of charcoal gray. And good, no accident and agency maintained. What do you think, Matthew? Did you say, because the line crackled when the year came out. Was it 15 or 16? I couldn't hear. 2015. Okay, 2015. And again, um, do you know if it's the the trim is, uh, they also have trims like a 35i, a 50i, which is obviously uh, a, a six-cylinder and an eight-cylinder. Do you know which one it is? It's a six. It's not an eight, definitely. Okay, it's a six-cylinder. So, um, and finally, uh, what did you say the kilometers were on that car? 125,000. Okay, so the kilometers are getting up on this car. Um, I would say that you want to get that car just under 100,000. I would literally list that car on the Bizzle for 99,000 and then see how the market reacts. How do you feel about okay, that? Okay, that was my... That, that's not bad. Okay. Um, I, that was my next question is, like, do Bizzle a good way to move the car? Obviously, I mean, I'm asking you, but I've never done that. <laughs> Yeah, so you've got multiple ways you can move a car. I mean, the Bizzle is 80% of the eyeballs are on the Bizzle. So you need to have your car advertised on the main platform. But you've got Facebook as a friend also where you can not just post it in your own Facebook, but there's car groups, etc., that you can post it to. Um, so you need um, that attack. And also never forget your friend's uh, family and also work colleagues, because you'd be very surprised how many people uh, might be looking for that similar car, and it immediately becomes a trusted car because they know you. And then finally, uh, if you live in an apartment block, you wouldn't believe how many people might in your apartment uh-huh. block like your car. They see it every day parked in the in the space, so maybe okay. just put a, a note note on the window only when it's parked in the car park not in the street because you cannot do that by law yeah. but in the car park it's okay so just say you know i'm selling this car reach out to me that isn't that is a good strategy that should move that car quite quickly hope that helps you hanan uh, hope you've got some good uh, good advice there from matthew innocent joins us on the line now uh, good morning innocent what would you like to ask matthew I- Good morning, how are you? Very well, thank you. I believe you've got a Dodge Durango you're considering selling. Yes, so it's a Dodge 
around the 24th model. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got 118,000 uh, kilometers mm-hmm. out of warranty. Um, then unfortunately, in April, I was re-ended by a taxi. Okay, well, we've got a little bit of a bad line there uh, with Innocent. We might try and get him back. Um, But what would you say from what you heard there, Matthew? I think he was, it was a Dodge Durango, 118,000 kilometres. Couldn't get, I couldn't hear much of the other details. Um, But from what you've heard, would you say fix or flip? Yeah, I I did, I did hear him enough to know 2014 Durango kilometres. He said he'd been rear-ended by a taxi, which um, is obviously, I mean, I'm presuming it got repaired, but it's obviously something that will affect the value but i would be saying around forty-five thousand dirhams for that car yeah i've got some more information here as well which might help um 5.7 liter v8 2014 it's white um and it's got a full service history with dodge yeah so just to give it some context they do they do uh two engines they do the v8 as you said but they also do a 3.6 v6 um so the v8 certainly will help um you would be able to get around maybe eight to ten thousand more for the V8, mm-hmm. um, but you know you really we need we really would need to know about this accident and has it been repaired okay and how bad it was. But if you go for guidelines along those price points, you'll be fine. Yeah, it, well, the, we've got more notes here as well from our producer Zena. She said it spent two months in the garage, so it does sound like it was um, a pretty significant accident. Quite a lot of um, rebuilding going on. Yeah, I mean, if it's a significant accident, that could be that could really harm the value of that car. Mm. It could go down another 25, 30 percent. So, look, anybody's going to do their homework. So it's better to be transparent with people. Um, It's an unfortunate situation. But, um, yeah, that sounds pretty rough. Fix it or flip it. Yes, Matthew Davidson is with us, head of motoring at Dubizzle Pro, giving you some top advice. Good morning, Kenny. Hi there, Ray. Yeah, good. you sound surprised. <laughs> good to have you on the line, Kenny. You're right. I'm surprised, I'm surprised at my name. Um, it's Tony. 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 I'm very sorry. A little bit of breakdown in communication <laughs> no, no, no. there, Tony. But it's great to have you on the line. What would you like to ask Matthew? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, it's about an Audi, Audi Q5, mm-hmm. uh, 2014, silver, 122,000 kilometers on the clock, yep. and uh, no accident damage. Okay. Reliable service by Audi itself. Um, and just wondered what it was uh, the price uh, pricing in the market right now. Were you the original owner? Yes, yes. I bought it, bought it from Audi. Yeah. Okay. What do you reckon, Matthew? Fix or flip? Morning, Tony. Um, is Morning. It, uh, is it the two litre? Do you know? Is it the, the two litre Quattro or is it the three litre? Okay. I'll just, on, on the back, it's got 4.0 TFSI. Okay, okay, that's that's the trim level, yeah. So um, in terms of uh, kilometers, what did you say it was? 122,000. Okay, so kilometers are getting up there now. Um, yeah. And for a 2014, I would say it's a good time to sell this and, and get out of this car, but you're going to be, I would say, mid-40s, like 45, 46,000. Um, you could even yeah. try it a little higher, say put it on Divisal at 49 for a week, see how people react. But yeah. my feeling is that car's going to sell for mid-40s. Okay. What do you uh, think, that's, Tony? That's, uh, I also thought, uh, you know, mid-40s, uh, upper 40s. So that that would be fine. That's good news. So thank you. And what are you looking to, to replace it with? 
Um, leaving the country. Ah, okay. Leaving the country. Yeah, okay, yeah. Great. So yeah. that's the reason. Yeah, well, don't put that on the advert. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise the, pr- the price goes down. Uh, hope that advice uh, helps you there, uh, Tony. Sorry about getting your name wrong. Appreciate you yeah. calling. Um, Arjun has messaged in as well, Matthew. Um, Arjun has a black Fiat 1.4 litre trekking. Uh, it's 2014, 63,000 kilometres on the clock. It's five door crossover. Um, he says somebody wants to buy it for 30,000, but he's wondering if you think he can get more. Well, the Fiat trekking in the UAE is known as the, the Fiat 500X, X meaning crossover. Mm. Um, so that's why some of you might not have heard of trekking here. That car with those kilometers should be worth at least 35. I think you're getting a bit short-changed, Arjun. I would, I would hold my ground at 35 or wait for another buyer. Is it a bit like houses where you sort of you, you stick another sort of 10 grand on because uh, you assume somebody's going to try and sort of bring you down? I mean, obviously, well, that, you know. that is a great question and, and one of the most misunderstood um, parts of selling a car. So it depends on the value, of course, because the delta is bigger. Mm. But I'm not a huge believer in loading up because by loading up, you think you've got more negotiation room where, in fact, what you do is you make the asset seem higher. So you'll probably get the type of people that will want to beat that asset down rather than just people looking to get that car. Find the fair value and usually, say on a car of 50,000, I wouldn't have a delta of much more than four or 5,000. And what you really need to understand is the first few people generally are the best offers. We used to have a saying in the motor industry that the first offer is usually the best. But yeah. for me, I, I would stretch that out to one or two. But keep your delta relatively tight because if you go too much out, you're going to get the wrong people contacting you. Okay. All right. So don't go too high with the pricing. Uh, Jan joins us on the line. Good morning, Jan. Hi there. Good morning. Hey, and you've got um, three cars you would like to ask about. Yes, indeed. Uh, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. No problem. Um, the, fir- the first car is a uh, Porsche Turbo uh, convertible. Um, it's a uh, 2014 model, uh, white with a red roof. Um, it's only got 8,000 kilometers, uh, perfect condition, uh, red leather inside, um, and it's full spec. Okay, and you're wondering uh, whether you should fix or flip. I'm just going to fade you down for a second just because of the traffic noise, but we will come back to you. You'll be able to hear Matthew. Matthew, what would you say, fix or flip? I really, really couldn't hear because of the traffic noise. Okay. I just heard Ford. Okay, I've so, got it here. So, maybe, so it's a 2014 Porsche Turbo Convertible. It's white with a red roof, 8,000 kilometres and perfect condition. Uh, so convertible is in 911? It doesn't actually say, I'm afraid. Let's let's see if we can. Uh, get, oh, he's pulling. He's going to pull over. So let's just let's assume it's it is for now, and we'll try and get him when he's pulled over. Um, and uh, and we haven't got that traffic noise, Matthew. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it, if it's the convertible, you're just about in the most perfect weather you possibly can be to have that. Um, seems low kilometres as well for a yeah. 2014, 8,000, which is going to be a huge, huge selling feature, but. Um, I would say you'll be looking, if it's just a, a baseline 911, 
Um, you'll be looking at late 180s, 190s. But if it's more likely like the Carrera 4S convertible, mm -hmm. which was a, a very popular one that, that came in, you'd be up in towards maybe 240s, 250s. Okay. And Jan, Jan has got uh, three cars uh, that you'd like to ask about. Let's see if he's uh, managed to pull over and uh, got out of that traffic noise. Jan, how are you doing? Um, yeah, I can hear you well. I hope the line is better now. Yeah, that's a lot better for me. And uh, Matthew, yeah. I think it's probably better for you. Let's, let's find out about your next car then, Jan. Um, yeah, uh, just to add, the, the Porsche, that was a Porsche Turbo. It's a 911 Turbo. Mm -hmm. So that makes a, makes a difference, I guess. A huge difference. I mean, if it's a 911 uh, convertible, if it's a turbo, then, yeah, you're uh, away now above 300,000. You're probably at least 330, maybe yeah. even 340. Great. So, okay, so that's, uh, that's some good advice on that one. T tell us about your Toyota. Um, that's a Toyota Land Cruiser, 2012, uh, 160,000 kilometers. Uh, full spec, um, so the V8 engine with all the all the all the high-end um, uh, extras in the car. Um, it's uh, in a good condition. We're only the second owners. Um, uh, beige leather inside, uh, white on the outside, um, and yeah, I think that's about it. What would you say, Matthew? What's the kilometers, Jan? hundred and sixty one six zero. Okay, okay. If it's the top one, I guess it's the VXR. Must be the VXR. Um, it and is. with those type of yeah, those type of kilometers, that still commands. Can you believe over a hundred thousand? I would say maybe hundred and ten, hundred and fifteen thousand. It's they they're incredible how much the VXRs hold their value here. Is that a good number for you? Yeah, I think that's a good number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I'm, I'm so yeah. tempted to ask how you how you got your hands on all of these cars, but let's move on to number three. Yeah, the the third car is a um, Land Rover Defender 2016. Mm -hmm. So the traditional shape of the Defender, not the new one. The car is the two door edition um, with the um, Adventure spec. So that was the last kind of few thousand cars they built in orange and black. Um, it's also coming with a traditional spec of leathers and a, and a bit of a better stereo and the and the uh, alloy wheels. Um, people who are familiar with the car will know what the what the spec list is. Mm. Um, the car is uh, like um, actually almost new. Uh, it was registered, but I never used it. It's sitting in my garage, so it's got just under a hundred kilometers. Okay, Matthew, fix or flip? Um, interesting one because when they announced the end of the Defender, everyone thought it was the end. So. Uh, it was a big scrap to hang on to them and, and even make profit from them. But that will be the short wheelbase, what's known as the Defender 90. Um, oh. They, I would say, now are in a little bit of a scrap with other people um, trying to sell them. Um, they're commanding great, great money. Um, I, I would start that car around 320, 325, and be prepared to close a deal anywhere above 300 but you need to put that car initially at that price to start a, a little bit of a feeling because it's such a unusual car um, and then if you've got no responses you can get down i think it's going to sell for around 300 but i'd be tempting to start it a little bit higher because i doubt there's many adventures on the market there will be some final additions 
Um, but the Adventure's pretty nice spec. What do you think, Jan? Uh, from, based yeah, on the advice you've had, which of the vehicles do you think you're going to flip? Um, I'll, I'll try it with all of them. You're going to do <laughs> and the And the Defender is uh, there's way more than I would have expected. Okay. I know that the, the asking prices are high, but the, I haven't seen them sold for so much money. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for the advice and taking the time to, to go all through those three cars. Uh, very helpful to me. Fix it or flip it. Matthew Davidson from Dubizzle joins us on the line, giving us some top advice. And Basil is next up. Basil, you've got a Lexus. You're wondering if you should fix or flip. Tell us about the car. Yes, hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a Lexus GX 46. Mm-hmm. Uh, 460, uh, 60, sorry. Uh, it's 2017. I'm the first owner. I took it from the agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in excellent condition. Uh, it has uh, 41,800 kilometers on it. Yep. Only. Uh, no accident. Uh, all maintenance and services through the agency. And what about the, uh, the, the specs of the car? Sell it at this stage or keep it. Okay. Matthew, uh, did you get all that? What do you think? Fix or flip? Yeah, just uh, to confirm, a Lexus GX460 2018. Yep. 2017. 17. Oh, 2017. Oh, sorry. And what were the kilometers? 41,800. 41,800, uh, 41, Matthew. Oh, 41,000. Sorry, it's this tough with the line this morning. Apologies. No worries. Yeah, um, it's still a great car. Three years old. A lot of people chasing that car. It's the type of car I would, if I owned, I would sell after about four, four and a half years. I still think you've got a lot of, um, you've just gone through the hard part of the first year, 18 months of depreciation. It's not depreciating much for a while now. I would keep it, should you make the decision to sell. I would imagine with those kilometers, you'd be around 175, 180. But I would keep that car right now. Unless you needed to sell, yeah, sell it 175,000. Durham's great, but um, it's more likely a better play in about, 18 months' time. Mm. What do you think of that, Basil? Do you need to sell now? Uh, unfortunately, I'm leaving the country. So I need to sell. Okay. And what do you think of that price? That price, I, I believe it's better. I was thinking around 150 160 Oh, so, be- so this is better then? Yes, exactly. Okay, so it's going to be time to sell, and, and hopefully you'll be um, a happy seller. Thanks for calling in, Basil. Uh, we've got a message here. No name on this one, Matthew. says, um, I have got a BMW 650. It's a 2015, 76,000 uh, kilometres on the clock. Um, thinking of selling because the warranty is running out. Should he fix or flip? Uh, don't own a 650 without a warranty. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an easy, easy, easy one. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, y- you'll you'll be really uh, wise to sell that while it's got some kind of warranty because people are going to be wanting to buy it uh, under warranty. And you know what? Um, with those kilometers, they, they're, they're getting up there as well. Um, you'll find actually uh, a lot of competition from 640s on the market. There's at least 80% versus 20% in terms of uh, 640 versus 650. That car should be just over 100,000 dirhams. Mm. Um, I would probably say around 110 max. Um, 
but you need to get out of it definitely flip how 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 much do you think the price could do, the value could go down if it's sold without the warranty well if we if we went into next year that car without a warranty will will be considerably below 100,000 mm-hmm. um but it's not just that it's running the risk of a major fault a major engine fault or gearbox fault on that car could be uh very damaging to the wallet Okay, uh, that's the advice there. Amna is on the line. Uh, Amna, you want to uh, think about flipping your Mercedes? Hi, good morning. Good morning. Yes. Uh, so, so I have an E two eighty two hundred seven event card, mm-hmm. and um, I got it for around one forty k. No, it's sorry, it's one forty k kilometers. Kilometers. <laughs> and the sun um, roof. Uh, doesn't work. Otherwise, it has no mechanical issues and no accidents. Mm-hmm. And um, I would ideally want to flip it and want to know what's the best deal I can get. Okay. Matthew, what would you say? What year is it? Sorry? It's, two, uh, it's 2007. Okay. Um, now, this car at that age, yeah, I mean, the reason the sunroof's not working is, is not surprising. It's a 13-year-old car and things start to go wrong at this this price point. The good thing is, right. it's still a premium. It's still a premium German car, and and people will will pay to have the badge. Um, they don't know that they're about to pay for uh, a lot of maintenance, but that car's probably worth around twenty thousand. Um, you you might get a little bit less than that, maybe eighteen, nineteen. But you really need to be getting out of these cars when they get that old. They're mm. very expensive. How do you feel about that, Amna? Uh, yeah, I think it's good. So uh, you think it's a good idea to sell it then? To yes. Flip it basically. Yeah. Right. It, it's going. Okay. It's going to get more and more expensive as that car ages. Um, I think it will struggle to get through another couple of summers here as it, as it heads towards fifteen years old. Hope that helps you, Amna. Thank you so much, Matthew, for for joining us. Sadly, we are um, out of time, but we will uh, hopefully have you with us uh, in a couple of weeks' time when Motormania is back on the air. Thank you so much. And what are you up to this weekend? Well, I'm I'm having a more of a relaxed day today. Yesterday, I woke up at five in the morning and took some friends out to Bab Al Shams for breakfast. Nice. Had a lovely drive on the D63, which is the first time I've driven that road in about three or four years, the, the Alcudra end of it, and it's all been completely redone. It's beautiful. I was really shocked how good the road is now. We're back in the driver's seat. This is Motormania with Ray Addison on Dubai I 103.8. Coming up this hour, you'll hear my interview with Gavin at RMA Motors. He's got some great advice on how you can maximise the value of your car if you are indeed looking to sell. And our listener James has been test driving the new Toyota Supra and you'll hear his verdict at around 11.30am this morning. Um, also on Instagram and Twitter today at Dubai i 1038 fm we're asking what was the first car that you drove in the UAE? And we've had a really good response. Uh, Lakesh from our sister station City 1016 told us how he felt spoilt for choice when he moved to the city. I remember the first car that I bought in Dubai was an Audi A5 fancy schmancy. You know as a kid I always wanted to buy a convertible and I don't think so in India I could even afford its wheels (laughs) but when I came to Dubai I was spoiled for choices. I remember I was exploring for almost like two months before I made up my mind. I know it was kind of steep 
buying a convertible as my first car but then i had to and it was such a swanky car i still remember it was a black body with a red rooftop and uh, i remember zipping down sheikh zayed road and you know going around uae in my fancy car flaunting it to all my friends and family it was so much fun well if you've got it flaunt it what was the first car you owned in Dubai? 4001 is the SMS number, or you can call us on 04871 and tell us your story. Now, maybe you're looking to sell your car, but a bit like mine, it's in a bit of a state. Years of Dubai driving and parking have taken their toll with the odd dent, scratch and chip. Can anything be done? Well, earlier this week, I went to check out a garage where their mission is to bring value back to your car. So I'm here at RMA Motors in Dubai Investment Park with Gavin and uh, he's just talking me through the showroom uh, because you guys basically take cars and you completely rework them so that they are stunning and beautiful. Yep, so we, uh, we bring in the used pr- premium used cars and they obviously have their full health check and then if they do pass our health check then we go into our detailing centre and full repair, wool refurbs, any scuffs. They also have up to a stage 3 polish um, to make them really shiny, shiny for their new owner. Talk me through uh, some of the vehicles that we've got here. We've got a, a real mix, really. We've got some Volkswagen Scirocco's, we've got Mercedes, Ford Mustangs, BMWs, Alfa Romeos. So, and obviously we've got our 4x4 range as well, including Durango's, Q7's, Q5's. So we try to really make a, a wide, um, wide choice for the next owner. How is it different what you do here to other garages in terms of the work that you put into the cars? I think it's purely on pure honesty and real clean, thoroughly inspected cars. That's what the important thing is, because the last thing I want is the new owner to come back to me and say, this is wrong, this is wrong, can we do this, can we do that? I want them to have trouble-free motoring. So we really do take the car to the next level to make it as new as possible. Let's pick one of these cars um, at random then. Okay, so this is a, um Alfa Romeo Giulia that I bought. Um, so this, uh, this car they actually came in with two um, alloy wheel, wheel refurbs. Um, so that just means there's some scuffs on the wheels just where they've hit the curb or anything like that. Um, we actually repair that. So it's completely new, so you really would never know. Um, also, it had some light scratches over as well, so like, if you get your car cleaned in the car parks and the shopping centres and stuff like that, most, most likely they've got grit and dirt in the cloths. Um, so what we do is we actually uh, which scratch the cars. So what we actually do is we manage the level of stage polish that we need to, to do to that car. So that would have had a two-stage polish um, just to really remove all those fine little scratches that are in there and we've also done the window tint as well is that over and above what you would find in most other garages here in the in dubai it's such a wide market the motor industry here um, and there's so many different levels of garages with different levels of car we're simply trying to keep it as basic but as clean and correct as possible so we're trying to do it like we do it back home where we really make the car stand out because the first thing that a customer's going to for me is when i go and buy a used car personally is i want to see the condition it's in if it's in the best condition they're going to buy that car over another garage so i like to think we do it a little bit better and a little bit different than others just to stand out really what sort of advice could you give to our listeners then about buying a used car? What should they look for? You're an expert, so when somebody brings a car in here and they want to sell it to you yep. for resale, you know what to look for. But what, what could I look for if I was buying something off of a website or, or going around to somebody's house to see them? I would probably, if, you, if, it's, a, if it's something that you're not so 
into the first thing we originally see is the paint and the wheels but really you probably want to take maybe an expert with you to have a, a proper check of that car mechanically because if it needs engine mounts transmission mounts upper arm lower arm bushes stuff that you can't see um, then obviously I would absolutely recommend getting someone to inspect it the RTA obviously do a comprehensive check as well on them so you can pay for that uh, but there's also the chassis number so check the accident history of the car which you can do via um, via a website online which is a really good system here in the UAE um, that you can check all that because it's all logged and it's public information um, so yeah I would definitely recommend probably taking someone but just do your chassis number check and you genuinely get a good feel for the car once you see it if it's been looked after by the previous owner. Now, the sound we can hear behind us is because this is actually a working uh, garage. You've got the showroom side here, yep. uh, but we're about to go through to the, uh, the service uh, side or the, re the repair side. Yep, so we've also got the RMA car care side as well, which we've just opened up in the last month or so. Um, and from, um, from what we're doing there is because it's trying to find the quality of work um, outside we found it quite difficult to get to the real standard that we wanted so we actually just went right okay let's just open it ourselves bring someone over from the UK who's got our standards of what we're wanting um, and train the guys here that we've also got for detailing and obviously smart repairs wheel refurbs window tints so yeah we tried to offer the full package here when we came in, we had to ask the guys to turn off, I think it was the air hose, and there's a, there's a mini here that uh, looks like it's being sort of polished, re ready for yep. sort of presentation. Just talk me through some of the work that's going on right now. So we've got the mini, I think, is just actually having uh, window tints because this is a soled unit. So this is going to the new owner. Um, this is a 2018 car. Yeah, this is the modern design mini, which because yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my very first car was the, um, yep. it was the mini special edition Equinox. It was with the pearlescent purple okay. paint. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've actually got... Um, so so just because classic cars are reasonably hard to build in this heat because back home I, I rebuilt classic cars I've got an 88 Mini sitting out the back oh, wow. um, so I'm every Friday I'm sort of sneaking in here just to rebuild a little bit rebuild a little bit there and here and just to, to have a toy to play with but yeah it's, it's a new shape Mini the classic Mini you can't beat I mean it's, it's no I know car, and especially here and it's, it's actually hard to get in the UK now as well um, a few years ago I was trying to find um, one of the original Mini for a TV show, yeah. we were going to actually cut it open and uh, and use the boot. And it's probably reasons like that <laughs> why you can't find it. <laughs> probably, and they're worth a fortune. Some of them now. Yeah, they are. You're paying so much money for, especially like the original Mark One Austin Coopers. They're mega, mega money back home. So yeah, if you find one here sitting in Sharjah or Al Quds somewhere, just buy it and send it home. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's have a walk down, shall we? Yep. So we've got these. Uh, they're like. Um, sort of cubes set up with the plastic uh, screens in front of them and there's a car here wrapped up completely with uh, plastic sheet what's going to happen in here is this for is this for spraying uh, yeah so this these are the two smart repair booths so we've got we've actually got three so they're two and a half so we've got one well, one here that's all wrapped up is having a smart repair on the front bumper so the reason it's, the reason it's wrapped up um, is because uh, they don't want any overspray of any lacquer or anything on the car. But this looks like the new... Is this, is this the new model Range Rover? It's not, it, is, it doesn't yeah. look that old. Yeah, yeah. It's Why a, is that having worked done? That's a 2019 Range Rover that someone's accidentally driven into one of them high curbs at the front. So it's, <laughs> he scuffed the front of the bumper. So basically he brought it into us. He said, can you make my brand new car look really nice and new again? And we said, no problem. So yeah, that's just a, just a small smart repair that we're doing on that. This, this is gorgeous. What have we got here? So we've got a Cayman GTS. 
Um, that's a 2015, so it's been on the road for four or five years now. Um, so that's going to have four-wheel refurbs. That's just waiting for a full detail as well. Uh, and then obviously that will go next door into our sales side once that's completely finished and ready for the new one. The one next to that is actually uh, an old 2007 Jaguar XJ, which is a stunning car, and they're becoming really rare now, the XJRs. It's um, just such a classic design. Yeah, it is, it is. And that's a retail work, actually, so uh, they've seen the quality of our work. Obviously, it's been on the road, what, 13 years now? So 13 years of scratches and car park cleans and uh, for 25 dirhams and scratched, scratched the hell out of it. So that's actually having a full stage three polish, uh, all four-wheel refurbs, interior detail, engine bay detail. So that car will then go to the new owner, uh, well, the, the, the current owner, in that new condition because they, they collect them. So... <laughs> So if I was tr- looking to sell my car, if I, you know, if I had a, a half-decent car rather than a Kia Picanto, if I was looking, how would I, or even the Kia, you know, how could I maximise every single, I get every single penny for that vehicle when I sell it off? So the, the, the best condition it's going to be, because if, if one person, if I go and see your Kia Picanto and then I go to another person who's got a Kia Picanto who hasn't prepped the car, who hasn't done the small repairs on it and made it in a real nice condition... I'm going to buy your one because yours is in the best condition because I'm, you know, we like new shiny things. If we go and see something that's old and dirty and damaged, I'm not going to buy it, right? So yeah. you can so even if you're selling your car privately, you could probably bring it into us. We do three packages of uh, premium uh, VIP and a luxe. Um, so that includes this full steam clean on the interior. Let me ask you, sorry to interrupt you, but let me, let me ask, like, how would I know if, if spending that money to get, get all that extra detailing and cleaning, am I going to get that return when I then sell the vehicle? Could, would you sort of tell somebody who brought a vehicle in it's worth it or it's not worth it? I, I definitely would because, listen, if you're going to spend, let's say, for example, you have two wheel refurbs, if you're going to spend 800 dirhams on two wheel refurbs, that next person who's going to buy that car is going to come and look at that car and say, do you know what, I haven't got to spend the 800 dirham to make it how I want it because it's their new shiny toy, right? So they're definitely going to pay more. I will always pay more. If I'm buying stock for the showroom or for RMA as a whole, I would always pay a little bit more if it was in a fair condition because otherwise I'm going to look around the car. Your Kia Picanto, if you sold it to me, for example, I'm going to look around the car. It is available. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say to you, um, you know, listen, obviously we're going to have to do two wheel refurbs on that car. It does need a stage two polish. It needs this, it needs that. And then obviously that price would then have to be deducted from your purchase, from my purchase price because I want it to go to the next person in an absolutely perfect condition. You're back with Ray Addison on Motormania. Only on Dubai I 103.8. Talking today about the very first car you drove in the UAE. What did you buy it brand new? Was it a rental? You know what? I rented a car for about six years and then I sat down one day and I added up all the rental costs over the last six years. I realized I could have bought it three times over. Face Palm, uh, I now own that car. And uh, DN said, I bought a 2006 Honda CRV when I moved here in 2011. I've still got it. It's got 200,000 kilometres on the clock, always serviced at a Honda, and it's as good as new. Wow, that is uh, some longevity there. Message us 4001, or you can give us a call as well, or get in touch on the socials. Now, before the break, uh, you heard part of my interview with Gavin at RMA Motors, and I was very excited to find out that he owned a 1980 Mini as his own pet project. 
I want to see the mini. Can we take a look? Yeah, okay, we can take you the mini. <laughs> we're just um, so also as well. Just while we're walking past, we have got the ramp in here as well. Ah, uh, yeah. So this is a two-poster lamp. Can lift four tons. So it does lift my Hummer off the floor every now and then, <laughs> even though it might struggle a little bit. Oh, that's um, the Hummer there. Is that yours? The, that's the Hummer there. That's the toy. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I ended up with that, but yeah. So basically, this is the ramp, so we can check all of the uh, engine mounts, transmission mounts, suspension bushes, because the most common thing in the country, in this country, mechanically for the cars here, is the uh, is anything rubber or perishable because it gets hot it gets cold and then it cracks oh is that what it is it cool it just expands and contracts oh, yeah exactly so hot cold hot cold hot cold and i mean once you've put some and you've got all of that weight sitting on some on the car as well on those bushes trying to keep you on the road um it it takes it takes some toll i've been back home I, I would never have ever spoken about engine changing the engine or transmission mounts because they last forever yeah. but here they last i mean three four five years is is your max that's something to be looking out for then absolutely yeah absolutely oh there she is <laughs> oh that's rather nice it is it's uh it's it's my small toy it's uh, the missus hates me for it i think but she i always think she also enjoys it quite a lot coming down on a on a friday into the into the workshop yeah. and and playing around with it herself but i actually bought this as a, a charity auction um, here, so um, yeah, so I paid a lot of money for it, but it need, it's having a full new interior. Uh, the engine bay is just about to go to um, Glenn, one of my friends who's a mechanic here as well, uh, and he's going to do the full um, engine bay, engine out, full detail, rebuild the engine and put it all back together. So, so this is. A, do you say this was an eighty-eight? This is an eighty-eight. Yeah. What's but, the story? Did have you checked the chassis number? Like, do you know the actual history of this car? Yeah. So it was originally a Mini Mayfair that came from uh, Japan. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, I mean, it was it's it, it had a lot of work done at it done on it with in terms of bodywork. It's solid. The thing back home is they always fall apart, and we we end up spending a year trying to repair all the rust holes. But here and Japan, we don't have to worry about that. So that's yes. one thing that I've managed to leapfrog. That's um, one of the regrets I have with because I sold my mini after about five six years because it had started to have a leak through the um, the driver's side uh, through the ceiling yeah. and it was just you know <laughs> I was just sort of looking at it and I took it to the garage in um, Fulham in London and they go oh, they know oh they suck their teeth and they said it's going to cost a lot of money and I believed them and because uh, I was only like young twenties and uh, and I sold it to them for not very much. And a week later, it was on their forecourt with about another nine grand on it. <laughs> with the minis, I think <laughs> the, the minis, I know you say water leak and after some time, but they were built at the factory with holes in them. So they, may, <laughs> they was meant to leak from factory. It's just the way they were built at the time. Um, but yeah, this has got some leaks, but luckily we don't get too much rain here. Yeah. Uh, but does it get a lot of attention when you're driving uh, down, yeah. down the road? It, get, it gets a lot of attention because obviously it's so small. So you've got the Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest building in the world, and then you've got the mini parked underneath it definitely uh it definitely gets some uh, some looks as well is that lever or pleather oh that's pleather <laughs> <laughs> but these seats are actually the old seats um so i've ordered new seats actually from japan um so i can get them from there and i've put the new dash in which has all been ordered so this is so far it's taken about three or four months um but i've got other projects that sometimes the mini stops and then yeah. this keeps going and then the mini starts again do you mind if i sit in it absolutely no go for it go for it go and have a seat just brings back a few memories oh my goodness the steering wheel is so small isn't it it's, it's nowhere like even when i got in it i i had a mini my my dad bought me a mini when i was 18 from the auction i think it was like for 400 pounds or something and i don't remember it being this small 
<laughs> no, I don't remember it being this. Hold on, no, this is a this is a, a change steering wheel. This isn't. This is this is custom. Isn't yeah, it? so that's a, it's a it's a change steering wheel. It's actually one that they use for the racing of the mini um, when they was doing the uh, the full series in them. So it's it it was made specifically for the mini but it's just a little bit smaller than standard and the old ac system it's exactly the same because mine would have been in i think i got my mini in sort of 95 96 so okay, yeah. so and that was that was new so so, the AC. so about seven years old further on from yours but it basically exactly the same yeah all the all the japanese minis actually had uh, ac put in them when they went to japan um, so yeah, they actually built them over obviously in uh, in England without the AC, and as soon as they landed, then they put them in. I'm not sure how safe I'd feel though, um, sort of driving along like you said, because <laughs> it, it's quite you know it's it's very low to the ground and it's it's quite small. I drive my Hummer down Shakeside Road, and I'm not sure how safe <laughs> I feel sometimes. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's the Mini. We had a Volkswagen. Actually, had a 1969 Volkswagen. Um, camper van in here last week so you've just oh two of my favorite cars just just been fully restored three years um and that that was from um dubai drives they actually gave us it to sell for them because obviously they know that we've got that enthusiast background and that enthusiast side of things that people will come and buy specifically from us we have people waiting just for cars from us because they know the condition of the cars that we sell them in and i haven't asked you about them yet but dotted around the the, sh- the two sides of the showroom here are these um amazing well what do you call these sorts of sports cars that have been been through the wars a little bit yeah so um these are westfield so they're called westfield sport cars um they're very very similar shape to what people know as the caterham the Caterham is no longer, obviously, no longer in this country, um, but they sell these in Europe three to one of the Caterham. So they're a really, really popular car. Um, they're road legal. Um, they're obviously for the racetrack as well. Um, and they've obviously no roof, no air conditioning. They are real hardcore driver's cars. Yeah. No ABS, no traction control, no nothing. It's an engine, it's wheels, and it's a gearbox. And they go like that out of hell. <laughs> and is that what's up the front as well? Yeah, so we've got four sitting at the front. So we're actually the Westfield dealer for, for um, the UAE. Uh, so we've got three which are road legal and we've got one which is a race full race edition. So there's no lights or anything like that. It's also got a built-in fire extinguisher, just in case. <laughs> um, but yeah, so full roll cage on the car. But they, I mean, you can you can do so much with them. They're, they're a kit car, so normally you would build them, but... Again, here to build them in this heat is <laughs> in this weather is I wouldn't do it. <laughs> well, Gavin, it's been uh, amazing to see all the different uh, services that you guys provide and all the different cars that you have. You obviously have a real uh, passion for the work that you do. Any kind of last bit of advice for uh, our listeners on, on what they should do if they want to sort of take their own car to that next level? Uh, just bring it down to us. Bring it down to us. Let us have a look. It's completely free for us to give you a quotation. Our advisors will quite happily sit down and talk to you. If you don't want to do certain bits or you're on a budget, but you want to do a, a certain level of conditioning for a car, bring it down to us. Let us have a look at it and let us really get into what's going on with the paint, with the wheels, with the interior, and we'll do our best for you. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. No worries, thanks. That was such a, a fascinating tour that I did there at RMA Motors. And, you know, one thing that it, it kind of showed to me is it's so interesting because they've decided to, you know, hire in specialists from uh, the UK who can kind of then train their staff, um, you know, local hires in terms of how to actually get the level of finish and quality that they're looking for in the presentation of the cars. And, you know, that's great for the market because then that expands into other areas. You know, those people have been trained to a high standard. They then kind of go on and work for other companies. 
companies and it just takes that quality level up to the next level. And so, you know, it kind of shows the passion that there really is um, for the market out here. Um, We are going to be chatting to James Thomas next. Uh, He's a a listener and uh, we asked him whether he'd mind reviewing a Toyota Supra. And he said, oh, all right then. Uh, And he'll be joining us on the line after this short break. You're back with Ray Addison on Motormania. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. We gave car enthusiast James Thomas the keys to the brand new 2021 Toyota Supra for him to try out. And he joins us on the line now. Good morning, James. Hey, Ray. How are you doing? Happy Saturday. Yeah, really good. Great to have you uh, join us. Now, you're very much a car enthusiast. Talk, tell us about what you drive at the moment. Oh, gosh, I've got a couple of old cars, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love cars. I've, always, I've been involved in the industry at various stages of my career. And, yeah, I've got two old cars. I've got an old BMW M3, mm-hmm. which is uh, quite a few years old now. And then I've got um, an old Aston Martin um, V8 Vantage. So a couple of couple of sports cars, basically. But one has uh, the BMW has more seats and the Aston just has two. So, yeah, a couple of old cars and a, a lot of fun. Uh, and lots of money to to, uh, to upkeep as well. <laughs> yeah, I bet I bet it is. <laughs> what, what? How did you feel when we asked you if you'd be interested in uh, test driving the Toyota Supra? Uh, no interest whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I mean this this car is a legend. I mean Toyota are calling it a legend, and it is. I mean if, you know, people know uh, no Toyota. The you know the mainly known Toyota here is you know some commodity cars like the uh, the, you know, the Yaris, Corolla, Camry. And, of course, the Land Cruiser, which is massively popular here as well. Mm. But, you know, Toyota over the years has come out with some fabulous sports cars, you know, some really well-engineered cars. And the Supra, of course, really got um, got its uh, mojo going when it appeared in Fast and the Furious and all those, a lot of those movies. Yeah. You know, and it's, 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 it's known as, um, you know, extremely fast, good value, uh, you know, sports car. Yeah. And, you know, this, this car is... is just keeps keeps the tradition going it's a fantastic car i have to say i mean mm-hmm. tons of performance and it looks amazing as well you know it's really quite in your face um you know a little bit too much for an older guy like me in terms of its looks but you know for the target market i think it's a, it's a fabulous proposition you know lots of power lots of performance lots of equipment and you know a good price yeah i, I haven't been lucky enough to, to drive it myself but obviously i've you know i've seen the pictures and I, I know there's been a bit of debate about what it looks like its appearance i think it's stunning well i do too i mean I, like i said it's a little little bit too much for me i mean it's got you know it's, it's full of bulges and you know Hmm. extended wheel arches and swage lines and all those you know it's got a lot going on this car yeah but boy it, you know it makes an impact on the road and you know the guys at alpha team and and um the pr agency you know impact port in the valley they, they gave me a, a bright blue one which is a special edition i think it's called the blue edition which yes is top of the range yeah and that really pops on the road i mean it's really in your face i i think i would go for the mustard yellow i don't know if that's how how they would actually label it but it's, it's sort of this beautiful sort of uh mustard yellow car sort of urban mustard yellow which i just love i, th- I do think the colors are, are very um uh, attractive yeah very much so yeah i mean there's i think you pay a little bit extra for that there's a few colors that you have to pay a bit more for there's a, yeah. there's a nice kind of stealthy matte gray they do as well the mm. yellow you talk about and the blue and the black as well i think yeah, there's a good choice of colours, a bit sort of out of the ordinary. I mean, so you had this car, uh, the Toyota, for, for two days. Um, how mm-hmm. did you road test it? Did, where did you take it? I took it out, out of the city um, mm-hmm. to the quieter roads for a nice spin around and then also, you know, into the city as well. I, I took it as, as many places as I could during the uh, 
during my time with it. You know, some mm. some, some nice highway driving, um, a few twisty roads as well, um, and then back into the city to see what it's like. You know, just to leave it in um, in its, its in its kind of docile drive mode. You know, yeah. not in the uh, in the performance mode. You know, and it comes up trumps every step of the way. I think the ride is comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's quiet unless you you know engage its noisier side and press a button. Uh, you know, when all the shift pattern changes and the engine performance uh, really gets on point. Um, and it just makes an amazing noise as well. You know, there's a few yeah. pops and bangs that you get from a lot of these cars these days. You know, the interesting thing about this car is it's a platform share with BMW. So there's a, it's it's really a BMW Z, uh, Z4. Mm-hmm. Um, so same same engine, straight six, turbo, uh, and it's 382 horsepower. But I think that's, I think that's undercalling it. I think Toyota have been a bit coy with that. I think it's really? got like, it feels like more than 400 horsepower. Oh, so and you managed to uh, open it up a little bit, did you? Yeah, of course, within reason. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> within, within reason. Um, you know, an eight-speed automatic transmission, which, you know, is, is beautifully smooth. I mean, the engineering on the car is really great. Mm. Uh, and I think this is the version that everybody's been waiting for. I think they launched a, a slightly lower power version of this car about a year ago. And mm. now they're coming into the market with... Uh, with this kind of, you know, um, full full house version, you know, 382 horsepower, and it just it goes like a train. You know? Next level, yeah. I mean, Toyota mm. have said it's, it, they've engineered it so that it hugs the road for stability. Is that what you found? Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's got some very big tyres in it, you know, um, but it's it's subtle as well. It's got a lovely, comfortable ride. It grips extremely well, mm. you know. I don't know why anybody would need more performance, you know, than a car like this. It's just... It's usable performance, you know. It's it, it, it's a lot of power, mm. but it's not getting into it's not getting into crazy supercar, hypercar performance levels. You know, why would you need this? Has more than enough performance for our driving conditions here in the, in the UAE. Yeah. So so performance is on the the list of likes. Uh, handling is on the list of likes. Um, you're sort of fifty yep. fifty on the design um, in terms of um, you know the actual sort of look of the car. What do you think about value? Value is very good. I mean, you expect value from Toyota, you know, and, you know, this car, I think, is basically uh, walks up for this version, I think, to about 205,000 dirhams. There's a slightly uh, lesser version, a less spec down. And then there's also a two litre turbo version, which comes in at 179,900. But this one is the full house one is is about 205,000 dirhams. So. As always with Toyota, you know, when you get into this territory, you're comparing it with some luxury brands. So, yes. for example, you know, this car was, I understand, was benchmarked around the the Porsche Cayman. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, that's coming in at around 210,000 dirhams for a much less powerful car. And, you know, 7818 Cayman, which is a four-cylinder turbo, is about 300 horsepower. So, you know, it's a lot, uh, a lot less than this. Um, and then you're looking at obviously the BMW Z4, which is a convertible. That's two, around 230. Mm-hmm. And then you know there'll be the new Corvette uh, C8 coming in. We don't know around what price. You've got the F-Type Jaguar, which is much more expensive. Uh, you've got Lotuses, you know. So this car, uh, you know, yes, it's a Toyota, but it's up against, you know, do you buy it against one of those premium brands? And that's the that's the age-old consideration for this kind of car. Mm. I mean, looking at sort of, you know, the residual value in the in the long term, you know, it's, it's obviously it's a Toyota. It's not a premium brand. Do you think it will keep its value? Yes, I do. Because simply because of what it is. And it's, you know, yes, it's Toyota. But first and foremost, it's almost like the nameplate Supra, you know, um, goes beyond the Toyota nameplate itself because it's it's like an iconic car itself. It's very well known. 
um, you know, as Toyota's uh, fastest sports car, mm. and it's well, one of its fastest sports cars, and it's yeah, it's iconic, no, no question. So the residual value will be interesting to see here. Obviously, it depends how many um, you know Alpha Tame sell into the market, how what its rarity is going to be like in the future. But uh, yeah, I, I see um, it'll probably hold its value very well because it offers so much. Yeah. For such a good price. What, what about the sort of reaction you got uh, driving it around? Did did you see sort of a few heads turn? Oh, most definitely. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not it's not a common sight on the road. Yeah, obviously, this is early days for it, and I yeah. don't I don't know how many have been sold. You know, in the last year, it's been on sale of the less powerful version. But I haven't seen many on the roads. But you know, when you're driving it around in bright blue. Um, you know, and it looks like that. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of heads turning for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've I've read that. You know, one of the criticisms is is it's a bit snug. Um, you know, if you're if you're sort of you know a bit on the taller side, maybe you would feel a bit uncomfortable. What what did you uh, find? Well, I'm the one person for that because I'm vertically challenged. <laughs> I'm only about five, five foot six and a bit, five Perfect. foot seven, somewhere in between there. And but I have, it, it is not an easy car to get into, even somebody of my stature, you know, you still have to um, tuck your head over when you're getting, tuck, tuck your head down when you're getting into the car. So, uh, you know, the, getting into it is not easy and getting out, you certainly have to twist your neck a bit. And if you're, you know, I'd imagine six footers will have to seriously squat down. Yeah. Absolutely fine once you're in it, no problem. It's just a little bit, getting in and out is a little bit of a squeeze up. Um, but it is a two plus two, you know, it's a two seater sports car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no family shopping in this vehicle then? No, well, <laughs> you know, no, it's not, that's, that's, no, I wouldn't say that's bad. There's plenty really? of room for, you know, your, your family shop in the back. Yeah, okay. you could hatch back on it. And yeah, and it's, uh, the tailgate's fine. And it's, um, you know, you can get your stuff in there. Yeah. Okay. Not a great deal, but adequate. Well, I guess the, 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 the final question then would you give up your Aston Martin or your BMW for, for the, uh, the 2021? Good question. That's a difficult one. Um, and I'm really not a Toyota sort of guy, so it's probably um, probably not for me. Mm. However, if I I would certainly have it alongside the other two. No question about that. It's a fabulous car and yeah. a really really good value for money. I really enjoyed driving it. It was um, really really fun. So yeah, I would put it in my garage if I could afford it. But, yeah, you're right. I would, I would have to sell um, one of the others. <laughs> well, James, thank you so much uh, for uh, being our reviewer this week. We, re- uh, we really do appreciate it, and I'm glad you uh, enjoyed it. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity. Cheers.